Okay, so Peter was a great example many times, and Jesus was definitely the one that gives us the example of leadership. Um, okay, thank you. It gives us a study of these comparisons of worldly and spiritual management, and I'm not going to sit in here and tell you that there's not some things in the natural that, that are worth us looking at and comparing, but then when we make the comparisons, we've got to keep it from a biblical perspective. In worldly management, power is determined by skill, ability, and knowledge. They don't always work. Not in the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, I'll give you an illustration. Uh, I used to do some security work. And, uh, and, and so I was at a college that it was, a, it was a, a technical college. And they had a class for those that needed their GED. And there was a man there that was at retirement age. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what had happened was his job pretty much had faded away, but he was a very talented man. Mm. Knew, how, knew how to tear a machine down and, and put them back together. Mm. Had no high school education. For him to go any further, pretty much that's what he was coming up against, at least having a high school education. Mm. But you know, he's the kind of person, even in the secular, I would have looked at over somebody that just come out of college first mm-hmm. and took consideration. This man don't have a high school education, but what does he have that he can give? What can he do that it's going to take somebody else three or four years here to learn? Or he can train somebody else to do. So I think even in the in the natural, mm-hmm. we have to look at those things sometimes and we miss them. Well, you know, and, and to, to speak on that point, I was a manager in uh, the Veterans Home in Washington, D.C., and it was an assisted living. And when I hired cooks, I would rather have a middle-aged woman as a cook than someone young coming in, because I knew, number one, they, they needed the money, they were going to be dependable, and they were going to be there every day. And, you know, you, you have to look at things like this. Yeah, seasons are a good word, very good word. Uh, in spiritual management, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, in spiritual management, power is determined by anointing and God's authority. So there's the biggest difference. In worldly management, selection of leaders is based or made on the basis of factors such as skill and education. That kind of goes back to what I was saying just a moment ago. And what I like is, is being stated here, skill and education. So with what I said with the application just a minute ago, making maybe there's times we definitely need to look at the skill over the education. Mm-hmm. Um, in spiritual management, selection of leaders is made on the basis of anointing, calling, and revelation of God's will. Mm-hmm. Very important. In worldly management, training is given in the areas of skill and knowledge. In spiritual management, training should be given in a lifestyle based on God's word into which skills must fit. So the word of God can work in where we're skilled mm-hmm. instead of just relying on skills. God's, God, God cooperates with those who manage ministry. Paul said, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believe, 
even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Paul, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So the greatest thing about this is, is we realize who gives the increase. Yes. And he receives the glory. But Paul had a part, but it wasn't the same as Apollos. That's where we fall into place in our callings. And we don't, uh, we're not in contention, but we're in, in competition. We're complimenting. Right. We're complimenting it's one the another. Body working the body working together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my eyes work better when I change these glasses. But unless I'm walking, it probably does help my leg. But I can't expect my leg to see where I'm going. All right, man. Come on. Come on. That's right. All right. Worldly management emphasizes, and it gives some significances here that I think the differences. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that even in ministry, especially if we're doing it in a full-time capacity and we're giving our life to it and, and it's going to be income, that we, can't, that we cannot look at the financial side of it. And I made a statement to my wife one time. I mean it. I mean it. I meant what I said, but I meant it in the right perspective. I've never took a pastorate where I let money be the focus. But I did say to her one time, I said, you know, I'm in a place that I think that I could sit down with the leadership of a church that's really interested in me pastoring. They're interviewing me or we're having that moment. Or maybe I've already spoken and preached for them and, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're following. I said, I've I thought about this. I've never done this. I've thought about it. If there's five of them, however how many there is, ask. And walk in and take my place and be drilled or whatever they're going to do. But look at all of them and say, I'd like to do something before we start. Mm-hmm. I'd like to lay down a bag of M&Ms in front of them. Mm-hmm. Each one of them. Give them a bag of M&Ms. Now, that sounds a little silly. I want to hear what they've got to ask of me and be accountable. But somewhere in that conversation, see, I've got to be careful how I tell you this because some people would take this wrong. There's a moment, if if they're not bringing it into the picture, I want to talk about money and ministry. M and M. Money and ministry. What are you expecting out of me? And I guess I could say this. What, are, what, 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 what can I expect to this church? So there's another M. What is your mission? It's going to take money. It's going to take ministry. But it's got to be mission mine by the leadership of the Lord. That's pretty good. M&M, M&M's. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never had the privilege of doing that, and I'm not saying that I would. But uh, anyway, uh, money and the spiritual management emphasis is ministry. Um, one of my last pastorates, not my last one, but one of my pastorates, uh, when I went there, well, the church with 11 people, there was no income. They were they they were surviving, they were surviving. And uh, they were paying the bills, thank God they didn't have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, light bill, gas bill, that kind of thing. And by the first year, that was in April, by the first of the year, I don't mind telling you, they gave me $100 a month. Mm-hmm. Well, that was gas money, pretty much, gas money. And uh, so I never asked for it. 
and so they decided that's what they wanted. Yeah. Um, so I looked at it as, as a vision, and, and that's why I have a vision. I wish I could. I'm not going to go back. I wish sometimes that that I could I could uh, have the opportunity to speak to some churches that are struggling. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> they've got multiple churches, or maybe they're a small denomination. If you don't have a vision to start churches, you're waiting to die. Yeah. Mm. You're waiting to die. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me just say it this way. The organization that I talked about a little while ago, why not have a fund where every church is putting in it and you've got somebody that's got a vision of starting a church and you start a church at least one or two every year. And all these churches are participating. Or out of the funds that's coming into the conference, like for the pastor's ties, you're growing something that's not going to die. But then you got these churches out here that, you know, and some churches are roller coasters. Some of them are roller coasters. They never envision, they never envision growing, so they let that stump them. I know a church right now, and I'm not giving names, but I know a church right now. They're over 60 years old, not the building. And they've had some wonderful ministry. I have ministered for them. I have revivals there. And two of their pastors were the longevity of those pastors of about 18 pastors. And, and this church is, 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 it was, was at a place in January, of the 29th of January. It was closing its doors. I preached there in October. But one of their biggest problems was all these years they roller coastered. They have an issue of having a wonderful, beautiful building. Yeah. And their last pastor that mm-hmm. died two years ago, August. Mm-hmm. No, year ago, August. Year ago, August. <clears throat> she could not even keep the pulpit for a year because of her health. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm saying all this for a reason. They had a greater problem than that, really. Mm-hmm. And she had been faithful for almost 20 years. And another pastor almost another 20 years. The rest of them, you know, just here or there. They were landlocked. Part of their parking had to be in the yard of the house next door. Mm. And they found out that a corner of the building was on the other property. Mm. Oh, no. oh, God. For people to park. Mm-hmm. So, over these years, it's been a roller coaster, and they did. I don't know, probably close to at least $100,000 worth of work there and made it beautiful, fellowship hall and everything. And they really crippled themselves because I don't even know how the county, maybe I shouldn't share all this, but but I'm trying to make you think about some realistic things. This last pastor, she was part of that. She done a wonderful job of leading those people and she had about 20 or 30 faithful but they could not get over that mentality. The building by code could hold 120 people. In in our county, I don't know if it's a state, you can you can have um, you can have uh, 100 people, which means you can have 25 parking spaces. So that's four people for automobile. Well, the the issue is when they built the fellowship hall, they lost five parking spaces. 
You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about going to church. It's mm-hmm. just this. My thought is, and did I have an opportunity to go pastor that? There was talk of it. And that's not where God wanted me. But thank God something's worked out, and they got a pastor there, and I think he's got a vision. That church cannot stay there. There is going to come a day they're going to have to have the vision now. We've got to relocate. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to just have a good time at the carnival. That's right. And roller, roller coaster. Okay. Let's move on. Production, prayer. We can be busy, but are we about that that's important? We can be spiritually busy. And I have to inventory myself with that sometimes. Have I really prayed today? Or I've been busy about ministry things. Fact. Faith. It's good to have the facts, but sometimes we have to not only just look at the fact. The diagnosis that I had in 2015, the fact that the doctor said, you got the bad one, we have less research, and most people don't even know they've got pancreatic cancer until it's too late. They're already in the stage they're going to die within days or, or weeks. So I could have gone on just the facts when you got the bad one, but no, I operated in faith. So it's good to know the facts. It's good to know your homework, but then we've got to see what God said about it. And the Bible talks about whose report will you believe? Whose report? Uh, professionalism. Anointing. I think we ought to do things with professionalism as possible. But yet, we've got to have the anointing. Yes. 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 Rules. If rules are not motivated by love, how we're going to shepherd people, how we're going to build them, how we're going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Edify. There's three phases. In one of the churches that I pastored, this was part of our motto, I guess you could say, or or, or I don't remember exactly how we had it. But uh, anyway, it was that uh, we evangelize. We edify, and we glorify God. And you know what? You're not going to glorify God if you're not evangelizing the lost and if you're not edifying and building up the believer. I took three months and preached on edification. One time, one church, last church I pastored. Three months, how we're to build each other up. How we're to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. Um... Personality, God's word. Did I miss one? The personality, God, uh, character, character. We can have personality, but character is what's God, God's word. Uh, intellect. Wisdom. Am I lining these up right? My focal working. Okay, intellect and spiritual condition. Spiritual condition. Manipulation or direction. Now sometimes we have to we have to give instruction and it may be this is the way we've got to get it done. But even then it needs to be in direction. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's right. That's right. 
And, and I'm going to say this, and maybe this goes along with this. You know, I don't have a problem with a child to follow me through. For 24 years of driving a school bus, it got enforced this thought with me, more so. I don't have a problem with a child telling me I don't want to do that. Now, some of us, we, we're not going to talk about that. But I learned you get more accomplished to listen to that child. I don't want to do that. But for a child to look at me and say, I'm not going to do that, when, it's, when it is important that they do it, that's a different thing. I'm willing to stop, if, if possible, and say, Johnny, tell me why you don't want to do that. I want to understand. So, you know, there's a difference in manipulation and direction. Task relationships. Are we doing things because we just put it on our task list? Well, i got to meet Pastor so-and-so, and I've got to do such-and-such for so-and-so, or I need to get this accomplished. Or are we building relationships? Are we building things that we're actually being able to minister to others? It's all about us. It's not about getting our, our, duty, our duty list done. But we're building relationships with it. Example of that in one aspect is I'm a notary, and I have had the opportunity for 23 years, but I'm going to tell you the last five years has been ministry. I looked at this thing different. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing God's blessings because everything that I take in, I put it in ministry. Mm-hmm. Only thing I take out of it, I may buy gas to get to Tarboro or somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's ministry that I'm using the resources. I had a, I had a, a lady call me the other day. They come to the house. She's got cancer. Her siblings came, in-laws, outlaws, anyway, in-laws, and we did the notary work in the state. But it gave me the opportunity to do ministry. Okay, when I put the put it on my phone calendar the day before when they called me, it was a task to get done. Mm. You see the difference? Yes. It was not just a task. I could have left it just a task. Oh, you just come on in. I'll, I'll notarize everything, stamp it. You be on your way. But relationship was developed. Relationship was built there. I went beyond whatever the need was for that moment for them to settle their daddy's estate so that it even benefit her. Right. This woman was full of faith. But Janice and I had the opportunity to pray with her and her husband. And we gave her some materials on healing and some things of that nature. So it goes back to what I've always said. Look for those divine appointments. Whether you're a school bus driver or somebody said something about working with a prison. Was it? Sheila Kay. Sheila Kay. And you've mentioned something. I can't remember what it was. Chaplaincy. Okay. You know, those may be things that are directive in some area of ministry, but whatever we're doing in our life, it may not be, quote, ministry entitled, but let's make ministry out of it. It's not just a task. Yes. Um, Self-will. You know, I teach that food sanitation class, Mm -hmm. and every time I'm teaching that class, I bring out Genesis 1, 11, and 12, that God has put a seed in everything. 
So no matter what you're teaching, if the Lord's in your heart, you mm -hmm. make it a part of whatever you're teaching mm -hmm. and bring it out to people who don't even know who the Lord is. That's it's ministry. It becomes ministry. Mm -hmm. That's yes. right. That, that's exactly right. Had a load of elementary kids going down the road, and uh, there's probably about 20 of them on there. And uh, had a little black young man. I can see his face right now, what he would look like, about third grader. And I, for some reason, I can't think of his name. And uh, he was just a precious young man. And something in the back of the bus got started. And, you know, I had black, white, Hispanic. And uh, so um, it's, it's what it is. Uh, I didn't have a problem with that. And something started in the back. And, of course, it was a, a black student, a white student, running their mouth at each other. And so the next thing I know, I just stopped the bus, pulled the air brake, get up, and I said, hey, okay, get this thing under control. And uh, most of them knew I was a preacher. Of course, I didn't go to preach or anything. And the next thing I know, that little fellow said something, and I don't remember what he said, but it got my attention. And when he did, I looked him straight in the face, and I said, we all got to remember we'd be cousins. He looked up at me, and this is what I do remember. He said, what do you mean, Mr. Harry? We be cousins. I said, how many of you can see I changed the whole atmosphere. Now, I could have gotten in trouble if somebody went and said something. I don't really care. But anyway, I said, uh, how many of you know about Noah? I said, he had three sons. I said, we all be cousins. I said, it don't matter who you are. We're all cousins from Noah. And it's just just settled. Yeah. <laughs> these little these little elementary kids, it, it, it just went over good. It went over good with them. That's good. You know, I taught Sunday school for about two minutes on on a school bus. <laughs> That's good. Amen. I could tell you, I could write a book about that. It's some of the things. I, my last year, yeah, my last was it my last year or next to last year I had a young man threaten my life, and I could have I could have pressed charges. It come that close. And I looked at my supervisor, looked at the assistant principal, looked at law enforcement, and I said, I prayed about it over the weekend. And Winston-Salem PD had called me as I was walking in my door after I got off my bus. What do you want to do? I said, I've got to talk to my supervisor, and I said, I've got to pray. I'm telling PD that. I sat down on Sunday afternoon, knowing that I was going to be in a meeting on Monday, wrote a three-page. Resignation. Gave, no, not a resignation. What God put in me to speak to that young man. And when his grandma showed up, his mama showed up, my supervisor showed up, law enforcement showed up, the principal, the assistant principal, and somebody else. And the young man, they had their say. Everybody had their say. And I already gave one to my supervisor, the letter. I done made my mind. I wasn't going to press charges on this fellow. And I told that young man, I said, you're better than this. This is not who you are. That's right. And I just shared a few things in the letter. And uh, but before I, I before I read the letter out loud, I said I looked at the sister principal. I said I'd like to pass one of these out to everybody. I said so they can follow me. That changed that young man. I don't think I just did the changing, but it changed that young man. Well, you helped him. He needed that. Yeah. He had no daddy. Mm -hmm. He was messing with the wrong crowd. Yeah. The rest of that year, I never seen a young man so respectful and caring. 
God will put us in places that we might. And I'm going to tell you, I was ready to leave the school system at times. Mm-hmm. But God kept me there till, and that's when I left, is, is, is when I had to go out on the medical. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let, me, let me get back to this. Okay, self-will, and then we talked about obedience, and uh, competition and cooperation. And we've mentioned that a little bit. All right, I wrote a couple things to the side on these um, things, A through R, and I would encourage you to take these, uh, and, and let me just say it this way. I'm going to encourage you to take, if you haven't, read these verses. This is great. And I want to ask you to make at least a word or a small statement of what's being said there. Because this is a list of management responsibilities of all believers. When we think about spiritual things, a lot of times we think about, okay, I've got to be over this, this ministry or that, and we're thinking about all. But God has gave us responsibilities that's part of everything he has created and designed. This is what I put down. If you want to jot these down, I'm going to go through them real quickly. I'm not going to read the verses. But in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, it's talking about God's uh, creation. I just put what's natural. I put dominion over. Okay, dominion over. All right, if you haven't done it, I, I encourage you to you, know, you write down what I wrote or you can you can uh, do this yourself. Mysteries of God, 1 Corinthians 4, 1, uh, dealing with us being a steward. God's message, or the gospel message, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, approved and entrusted. Think about what the Apostle Paul is saying there to the Corinthians, excuse me, to the Thessalonians that he had been approved, or we're approved, and we have been entrusted Mm -hmm. with the gospel message. Spiritual gifts, 1 Peter 4.10. Benefit, edification, and also bring God's glory. Spiritual gifts. They benefit, uh, edification, and they bring God's glory. Uh, Forgiveness, Matthew 6.12. In verse uh, chapter 18 through 21 through 22, revealed in prayer, acknowledged in action. In prayer, we can see how that we even have in the model prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. So in prayer, and we even we even find forgiveness in praying, but also it ought to be acknowledged in action. That we're forgiven others. Love, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Acknowledge our relationship with God. If it's not motivated by love, we've probably got some inappropriate things going on. That was acknowledge your things. Acknowledge our relationship with God. Mind, Philippians 4, 8. Proper mental health. Proper mental health. H, power, Acts 1-8. We are equipped with authority. A lot of times we get hipped on that. Ooh, I'm equipped with authority. Ooh, when I was in security, man, they gave me a baton. I could hit somebody <laughs> over the head. And they gave me some mace, and they never gave me a gun. And I'd have been stupid if I'd used both of them unwise. But thank God I never did. Have to. Thought I was going to have to handcuff a guy one time. Proper mental health. Um, 
the next one is, well, yeah, that's where I was at. Okay, and purpose. It equips us with authority, but then purpose. A lot of times we get hit with the authority and we forget what our purpose is. And then I, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, rescue from loss is time, is what is being emphasized there. Because it talks about us redeeming the time. And time can be considered uh, that of a season. So we don't want to use our time unwisely, so we redeem the time. All right, viewpoint. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. What does God view? What does God see? What does God see? I preached a message one time. What did God see? He saw their faith. When those men took their friend to Jesus and they couldn't get in the house. Jesus saw their faith because they got up on top of the roof, took the roof off. <laughs> And they lowered him. They saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. So what's God's viewpoint? Okay, attitude, Philippians 2.2. And if there's ever in ministry or even in the natural, we need unity and there ought to be a purpose. We work with unity. We have a purpose. You know, really, attitude is 90%. Mm -hmm. 10% of whatever's going on I mean uh, the other whatever's going on is just 10% of the situation what our attitude in it is how we look at it when you walk in the doctor or you're laying in the, in the bed the doctor says you, you, you know hey, this is what you got and you raise up and you say oh no in Jesus name well the first thing the doctor thought I was denied I was in denial but my attitude was God's got this when you come out of the oncologist's office on your first visit and your wife is walking behind you and I turn around and I said, I feel better than when I walked in there. And the doctor ain't gave me good news. I said, I think I could skip all the way to the vehicle. That's attitude. Faith, James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, activity necessary. It is what we've got to have. We've got to have faith. Money, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. I'm not sure if that's the passage of scripture off the top of my head that talks about he gives seed to the sower. Now that's powerful. Think about that. God gives us seed to sow. We were coming in this morning and my wife looked down and she said, that's the second penny that I found. I said, pick it up. That's right. And you know what? I told her, I said, I like to find dimes. <laughs> she said, why do you like to find dimes? I said, because I go ahead and give it to God. Not that I'm always just given to expect, but I said, I'm expecting the dollar. That's right. I'm expecting the increase. That's smart. So I can plant seed. Same I said, percent. God gives seed mm -hmm. to the sower. Yes, he does. Amen. Amen. That's good. So, so proper sowing is what I wrote beside 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. Praise, Hebrews 12, verses 15 through 16. Lack of praise is neglect. Improper action, and it can become immoral. A lack of praise can cause neglect, improper action, or immorality. 
So we're encouraged to praise. Ministry. Now see, this may sound not important, but these are responsibilities for a believer. Ministry. Galatians 6.2. Uh, I've got 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 here. Bring others to Christ, redemption. That is the ultimate. Listen, I don't know how many of you have ever or ever will hold a pulpit ministry or whatever level of ministry you're in. I don't, I mean this the right way, I don't care what your credentials say. If it says that you're an ordained bishop in the Church of God and you women, that, that ain't. That ain't. But if you've got a certificate on your wall that says you're a minister, let me remind you, whether you do or don't, we have a calling from God that says we're ministers of reconciliation. Amen. Sure. To be honest with you, that's what matters. That's what matters. I can take all the accolades down off my wall and that'd be the greatest if it could be said, Minister of Reconciliation. Because it puts things in right perspective. When we're ministers of reconciliation, we're seeing what the need is. We're feeding into other people's life. And it's not all about I. Amen. That picture I gave your wife today with the woman in the wedding dress putting on combat boots with the sword at the ready says all a woman needs to say. I'll buy her a book. Because that picture is us. I'll buy her a pair of uh, combat boots combat for Christmas. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one is Biety. Romans 12, 1. We're all familiar with that scripture. How we're beseeched. Uh, uh, Paul talks about he beseeches us to uh, be a living sacrifice. And I just put proper devotion. Q is character. Titus 1 verses 7 and 9, leadership, and of course we know this is applying to the bishop, but also with anyone that has the desire, as our memory verse for this first lesson was that uh, it was talking about the, uh, uh, leadership and overall and uh, how it's admirable for someone that desires. Family. This is the one that gets neglected. What was the other one you said? Character. Character. Leadership. Leadership. And I put slash bishop because I know it in the contents of it, it's talking about that. But in the general uh, view of our lesson, it's talking about leadership in general. Okay. All right. Family. First Timothy three verses four and five, and then chapter, I mean verse twelve, and then chapter five verse eight. Uh, what's important here is. Uh, excuse me, character with the family. What's the character of our family? What are we, what are we um, imparting in our family? And I'll tell you one of the areas that gets neglected, probably one of the highest ratios is PKs. What's a PK? Preacher's kid. A preacher's kid. The minister or the pastor is trying to win the world and loses his family if he's not careful. Yeah. If he's not careful. Any thoughts or any comments? All right. I want you to go through this whole syllabus. I want you to study it. I want you to use it like I've said other things in your library hereafter. It'll be something to go back to.
I get to a place that we don't go through everything, and with some of the things that I'm trying to give you, and when we get back together, I may do less comments on some stuff. I'm trying to give you some real life scenarios. So if we don't hit every jot, jot and tittle of this, you, you please do. All right, let's look at lesson number two. Positions of leadership. Uh, the objectives are that we'll write the key verse from memory. Let's look down at the, the, the memory verse. It is verse number 11 of the fourth chapter of Ephesians, and probably every one of us, if we don't know it by heart, we know this passage. Right. We know this is the fivefold ministry. We know that it's those five things that God has placed in the body of Christ. And let's look at those. And he gave some. He didn't say all. He gave some to be apostles. And some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Can some be more than one? Yes. Could somebody be all? Yes. I think it's very well possible. Fivefold minister. And has any of you ever done one of the uh, spiritual, uh, what do they call them? Uh, spiritual gifts. Yes. I'd like to do it again to see where you're in. Spiritual gifts general. test. Yes. Yes. I've yes. taken two different ones. Can mm -hmm. you pull it up? And to be honest with you. It was handed up by the church. Yeah, it was. Uh, maybe we can inquire we about that. that. Do that there before. should be one. We ought to do that again. We should do it again. We ought to do that again, maybe with this class. We'll, we'll yeah. do that. That would be good. Yeah, it would. It would. And I'll tell you, the scenario with me is I've done one, and it has a high apostle. The other one, low. And I'm going to tell you what I think part of it is. I don't want the apostle. <laughs> it's a high calling. <laughs> I don't want to be. In that sense. But, but if, if, that, if that's there and God can use me in some capacity... And, and uh, that, that's fine. Um, I had a calling card one time, and you know what it said on it? What? Pastor, teacher, evangelist. Uh -huh. I'll run with that. Let's go. That's it. But, uh, but there again, um, he gave some apostles. I think there's been areas that, let, let me say this. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you, have you ever entertained the fact that some are going to be a higher potential in your life than maybe the other. Mm -hmm. yeah. Doesn't mean one's not more important, no. but you're you're operating more in, in one, one than the other. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I think that's what happens sometimes, maybe with me. Maybe there's been the moment of, uh, of some apostle points, but um, I've never felt like that I have been a prophet. But I'm gonna tell you when the anointing comes, and some of you may know the same thing. There has been the prophetic that yeah, came forward. Right. And I'm going to tell you one that I haven't quite digested. I haven't digested. It was two days before. No, yes, it was two days before, on a Sunday night before the election. This last election, national election. And I, I really don't want to talk about politics, but I'm going to tell you this. And I have never totally digested this, but I believe that I do have an understanding. We were at our church praying for the election. And I'm very careful about speaking out just to say something. But I told the pastor, I said, I've got something I've got to say tonight. I said, you can call it a vision, you can call it a revelation, you can call it whatever. And folks, I wrote this out and I've got it somewhere, it's probably on my computer, what took place that Sunday night. Now you can, you can chew on this and you can tell me what you think. 
But there again, I think it was a moment that I stepped in with that of the office of the prophet, mm -hmm. and God gave me something, mm -hmm. and I wrote it out. As I was praying, because he was calling on different ones in the church or had in areas of prayer, and we were praying in reference to the election. As I began to pray out loud to the congregation, or with the congregation, because he designated you know, different things to be prayed over, I began to visualize the American flag. Mm. Mm. And all of a sudden, in my vision, all there was was the stripes. No stripes. And a blue field and no stars. That's what I visualized. Wow. And we're two days before the election. Now, I'm going to tell you one of the first things that popped in Harry's mind. Like I said, I don't get political. Was Joe Biden's going to get in the White House? Blue. No, me neither. Saw blue and no stars. No stars. But I'm going to tell you what I really believe the Lord revealed to me the union. Is falling apart. That's, that's oh, exactly what yes. The union is falling apart. It's not a Democrat. It's not a Republican issue. The union is falling apart. That's right. And this is what I went to visualizing. All of a sudden, it was like a glow, a, 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 a glow of sunlight began to come, and it was shining through that flag. Folks, I hope this is a promise. I hope this is a promise. I know that there's things that's got to take place mm -hmm. for the end time. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing some of that just speeding up yes, more yes. and more. Mm -hmm. But I saw in this ray of sunlight as it hit the blue field in behind it was the Christian flag. Amen. Amen. And in that blue field. Mm -hmm. Where's the cross? Mm. And I honestly believe the Lord revealed to me mm -hmm. that's where we've got to turn back. Mm -hmm. oh, it's yes. not to Washington. It's not mm -hmm. to a party. It's, it's not to Trump. It's not mm -hmm. to Biden. But we've got to turn back to the true mm -hmm. message. Yes. That's our hope. That's right. our hope. And I believe that God gave me that. I really do. And I've not shared that much. Mm -hmm. I believe it was a prophetic moment. He gave some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, he's going to elaborate on some of these, and so let's move on to that. These, these offices are definitely for the glory of God. Um, it goes down here, and it says in this passage of Scripture, I mean, in, in this uh, introduction, it says, the Bible gives specific qualifications which are to be met by those filling the leadership position discussed in this lesson. You will study about these qualifications in chapter 4. Now let me remind you, uh, if you want to pull your paper, and I put these back in the place where they go, there's two pages, there's 35 and 36. Uh, I would definitely get my uh, memory verse, and um, the memory verse
supposed to be on? The key verse, the key verse, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's what I was doing when I got ahead of myself. Um, yes, at the end of this chapter, so it is... Uh, her page numbers are different from yeah. mine. Yeah. Mine is too. I, I mean, I, mine, mine, it's on page 21. 21. Uh, well, it's on page 21. Oh, I see it. It says self test. <laughs> self what? Self test. So your memory verse is Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Oh, okay. Okay, so we need to write that in. You do it now or later. Okay. Then he's going to go into about the uh, positions here in our text, and it says about their functions. So the Bible identifies five special leadership positions in, set in the church of God. These leadership positions are established by God in the church. They involve a special calling by God and special spiritual gifts. You should not serve in these positions just because you're asked or because you want to do so. You must be called of God and equipped with proper spiritual gifts. Now, I'm going to tell you, if there's one of them that I like operating in, and that's pastor. I do. I love pastoring. But I don't want to be in pastoring if God doesn't have the appointment. And right now, that's not a season in my life. Um. Their functions, I think, is very important. And there's much study we could go in with this, but it says an apostle is one who has the special ability to develop new churches in different places and to oversee a number of churches as a supervisor. Apostle means a, dele uh, mean a delegate, de uh, delegate, one sent with full power and authority to act for other, another. The apostle has a special authority or ability to extend the gospel through the world by de de developing organized bodies of believers. Modern terms used for an apostle are missionary and church planner. The apostle Paul is one of the best biblical mm -hmm. examples of an apostle. And Ann Baines was to... Yes, Ann yes, Baines was an right. apostle. And I had a rebuttal over here one time. I had a... I had a Church of God preacher tell me. He said, I do not believe that God ordains women to be uh, to be apostles. He went on and he made this statement. He said, I'm not sure if there's apostles today. And I said, well, brother, first of all, I said, you need to get an explanation. I said, there's the apostles of the Lamb. I said, that's your original apostles. And I said, then there was those after that that were apostles. And I said, furthermore, and I told him who she was, and he didn't know who she was. I said, have you ever planted 79 churches? <laughs> I said, if you went into 79 different, you know, 70, 70 countries in Africa. Uh -huh. I said, in 79 different nations? Oh, the, 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 That's the, a lot. I said, brother, I said, and I'm, I was starting with you. I was starting with you. I said, I'm going to tell you what. I know God called me to preach. And I said, I don't have no doubt that God called you to preach. But I said, I questioned both of our callings if she's not an apostle. That's right. Well, that's right. I was starting that. that was in a conversation. He, that was in a conversation. What's he going to do when he gets to heaven and there's no male or female? Who, how, what kind of authority is he going to take? She in? started two orphanages, too. I yeah, think she, one was in yeah, Kirkland and the other Kirkland one was in. Yeah. 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 Who was his lady down? Ann Baines. Her picture's out in the foyer. 
toward the baptist. Wonderful woman. Wonderful woman. She stayed in our home and ministered. She laid hands on me and Janice. And, and you know, people, people, when they see that God has equipped you, mm-hmm. you don't have to announce yourself. She came to our church right. and preached. And she my wife was so had, humble. So yes. Uh-huh. And my wife had done missionary trips with her. And that particular Sunday morning, Sunday night, I believe it was Sunday night, she says, I'm going to ordain both of y'all. We had not asked her to ordain us. We had credentials enough ministry. And she credentialed us in the cross country mm-hmm. at that time. And, uh, I mean, here she takes the service and, you know, she's going to preach that night and ordains me and her in front of all of our people, you know. So, I mean, that hey, that's fine. I, I fell under the authority of the apostle, and I believe she did what God told her to do. Yeah. A prophet is one who speaks under the direct inspiration of God and holds an office of authority in the church. Mm-hmm. A prophet has the ability to receive and communicate the immediate message of God to his people through a divine anointed utterance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agabus is a good example, and he warned the apostle Paul, did he? Did he not? Was it about his girdle? He said he tied his hand in something of that nature. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that 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 was going to happen. You know, uh, so he prophesied. Um, you know, there's a there there is a there is a very possibility that there's times that in the moment that a message in tongues is going forward, it's not necessarily the prophet that's speaking. Right. But the message may be a prophetic. That's right. Uh-huh. So there's where the difference we have to see of the offices and the operation of the Spirit. And we don't need to get so hipped on it that we miss the message oh, trying good. to figure out who the messenger is. That's right. That's right. right? That's good. So the prophet is, in, is uh, important. Now, do I follow everybody that calls himself a prophet? Yeah. And I have a question for us using all the titles. Right. You know, I don't have a problem. Somebody calls me doctor, but I don't run around. I, I do own correspondence now. I'll, I'll put the, the, the TH period, uh, D period. But uh, the most important thing is, if you know God's operating in your life, and uh-huh. that, run with it. Yes. Yes. Right. Don't run with the title. Run right, with it. Right. Uh, evangelist mm-hmm. has a special ability to share the gospel with unbelievers mm-hmm. in a way that men and women respond to become responsible members of the body of Christ. Right. Now, a lot of times we look at the evangelist mm-hmm. in a way that in our culture, well, he's running from, or she is running from one church to the next, and they're they're holding revivals. That's right. That's the way we kind of look at it. I know a minister, and and uh, he's not on the road ministering now as he was, but he told me he said he got to the place that he was gone forty eight weeks a year. Wow. He said there was times he'd walk in the door, have a couple hours with his wife. She's already washing his clothes, packing his bags, and he's back out the door two hours. Mm-hmm. He'd do three, three, three services on the first of the week and three on the end of the week. And he said, I've done that for several years. And he said, you know what? If you ain't careful, it's not a calling. It's his it's, it's job. Uh-huh. Yeah. And here's where I want to go with that is what's being said here. And he gives an example of, of Philip 
uh, as an evangelist, and of course we have the scriptures there in Acts 2, uh, 21 and 8, and also chapter 8, um, it says the meaning of the word evangelist is one who brings good news. When that unit came to Philip, was he in church? Was Philip pe- preaching a, a, a revival? Yeah. I'm going to make a statement, and if I'm wrong, uh, Bishop Blaylock can correct me, and I'll take correction, and also Brother uh, Dr. Ronnie. Most of us ought to be warning and should be operating in the office of the evangelist more That's than exactly anything right. else. I agree with that. Because you're reaching people. You're reaching yes. one-on-one. Uh-huh. Yes. There is the, the, the fact of the evangelist, but we're the messenger. We're the Acts 1-8 that's been equipped. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something about Acts 1-8 that I've preached before. There's one word in there that stands out. It's not Jerusalem. It's not Samaria. It's the word, the uttermost. Where's our uttermost? Everywhere. Everywhere. Our, our uttermost may be on the job. That's right. Our uttermost may, might be next door. That's right. mm-hmm. All those others are important. Or on the phone. <laughs> well, that can be a ministry. There is a difference in gospel and gossip. I mean, okay. All right. Then there's the pastor. The word pastor actually means shepherd. It's not a job. Pastors are leaders who assume long-term personal responsibility for the spiritual welfare of a group of believers. And I asked a seasoned, older pastor when I left my first pastor, and I was in tears. I said, when do you stop pastoring? Never. He ain't gave me an answer yet, and he's in glory. Brother Leonard, I want an answer. (laughs) I was pouring my heart out to this dear man of God. Mm-hmm. When do you stop passing? My heart was broken because I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. But it was time to go. It was time to go. Mm-hmm. The word pastor, and some of those people are still my friends today. Mm-hmm. Some of them are coming to my house on Thursdays. We're having Bible study. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some of them I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. And we went different directions. Married one of them's son this past, within the last three weeks, him and uh, his uh, fiance their son and uh, well, I'll tell you this they, the bride texts me or texts yesterday and she says uh, she says I believe and she called him by name she says he's never got over his twos his terrible twos he's six foot tall she said and he doesn't listen to anything I tell him and I can't remember exactly what she said. Something about pulling all of his stuff down, not picking it up, and blah, blah, blah. And in our marriage counseling, this is what I told her. I said, I don't charge to do weddings. I said, if you want to give me something, fine. But I said, don't call me for marriage counseling after. I said, it'll cost you $50 per session. I was jesting. But she posted this yesterday. And when I did their ceremony, that's a couple last is, I don't really like using for the better or worse. But they wanted that in their vows. And so when I got to that part, I looked at him and I said, for better, better, better. I said it about three times. <laughs> and then I put the worst. And of course, everybody's giggling. And that's what I text back. I said, for better, 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 or worse. And she'd come back later 
yesterday evening, she says, I still want a refund. Mm. So, um, so what I'm trying to say is pastor is probably one of the most relational mm-hmm. positions. The apostle, he may be traveling the world. Uh, the prophet may get in your face and say something that's pretty, oh, pretty yeah. straight. Yeah. Yeah. So they can they can go and um, tell you things and then run off. <laughs> and, the, and the evangelist can tell kidding. you. I mean, it's the right way. The evangelist can tell you in love that you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We have more people claiming to be prophets that aren't prophets. That's you're exactly right. right. And you can hear it when it comes out of their mouth that it's not from the Lord. You can. That's right. You can tell the difference. Yes, when ma'am. When a true prophet speaks a true word from God, yeah. there is something about the way it comes out. Yes. That almost yes. sends chills up you because you know it's from God. That's right. right. And, and you hear these other people, they go on and on. On and on and on. Thank you. Because it's not flowing out. Because I. When God uses me in that gift, I don't remember anything I said. I don't need to. And, 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 and it makes you kind of sad, don't it? Yeah. Thank God if it's recorded. Because so God. Really was you don't even see it. It's not <laughs> God. It's not God. <laughs> well, we had a word over us. Well, I had a word over me when, uh, when Brother Bird was here. And me and Janice went back and listened to it. We wrote it down. Who, did you say Brother Bird? Yeah, Brother Bird. What's this? Uh, Daniel Bird. Daniel, I've not met him. Yes, and he spoke a word, and we've got it wrote down. And I'm gonna tell you, when we got back home, I told Janice, I said, it's not right now, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And part of it, part of it is, and you know what I appreciate about it? He knows nothing. Uh He knows nothing. That's when you know it's God. And the thing about it is, it was a, it was God, admonishing me to get ready. For what I visualize could possibly happen in an area that we're dealing with right now, it's going to have a factor in our future with ministry. Oh my, my, my! And what is and what he done? It has prepared me. Not that I'm preparing what I'm going to say, but God's going to give me what to say in that moment. Yes. Because I look, I look. I'm going to say it this way: I look for some opposition. And when he said one of the things he said, immediately both of us, that's it. That's part of it. And this could be as early as October. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. But the aspects of what's going on will change our area of ministry. It will change some things for us. But, you know, I was telling during lunch, I was telling you. We're not leaving the school. I was telling you about... um, the Lord had two angels pray over me uh-huh. after I had done something the Lord had asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a reward I was being given. And they prayed over me the longest prayer. They touched my arm and prayed over me this longest prayer. And I sat there and cried and cried and cried. And all of a sudden they walked off and the Holy Spirit says, and if you go in there, you'll never find them. So I knew it was angels. Mm-hmm. So all the way home, I was trying to find out just one word remember one thing they had said to me i couldn't remember anything in this long prayer Uh and i have prayed this happened in uh december the second about 10 years ago and i've been praying to the lord lord let me know what was prayed over me and he keeps telling me the time is not yet wow wow 
Yeah, angels and ministering goodness. spirits. Yeah, the time is not yet. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's something glorious because he had me give a word of knowledge to one of the biggest pastors in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Wow. Had me drive all the way there. Mm. That's wild. Wow. Wow. It was wild. I, in a wow. restaurant. Praise God. Mm. Awesome. Um, the pastor again. It's a relationship, and, and when you think of a shepherd, they have a relationship with their sheep. Yeah. If they really are a shepherd's heart, they care about those sheep. Mm-hmm. They'll go the extra mile. They'll leave those that are secure for that one. Yes, they do. Teachers. Teachers are interesting people. Teachers are believers who have a special ability to communicate the Word of God effectively in such a way that others learn and apply what is taught. I've known two people in my life that I really believe, and he's not able physically to do it, but uh, and he's one of my best friends. Me and he went to high school, but physically to step in that and, and, and to really be a teacher. But I saw him one time teaching, and we were having church in our home before we got into a building, the first church that I ever started. He was teaching Sunday school, and our middle daughter, she was running from the Lord. Mm-hmm. She couldn't leave the house, <laughs> but she was in her bedroom. And this particular Sunday morning, this young man, he was up teaching. And she came down the hall of that single wide mobile and come in and sat down. Just the way God used him and anointed on him, it drawed her. And one of my mentors, his name was D.L. Parker. I may have mentioned before Dr. D.L. Parker. He's got on me with the Lord. Went to Israel over 30 times, 30 years, studied under rabbis. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, he, he, he was just—it was almost like, oh, I can't, I, I can't explain it. Just the things that he would elaborate and the way he would teach it, and, and just get in your spirit. And when you get excited, he just say, "Wow." Yeah. I've seen him get under the anointing and begin to preach. Mm-hmm. His mouth get hot and his teeth almost fly. No, my. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I wish everyone could have met him. Just the things that he's put in me, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I appreciate uh, the studies. But he was a dynamic teacher. As a matter of fact, he knew he knew uh, not of this importance, but he had he'd been in places even where Jimmy Swagger had been. New Jimmy wow, Swagger. Wow, cool. Um, That's amazing. Their their purposes. Let's talk about that. A lot of times we emphasize so much about these gifts. Mm-hmm. And we get into the we get into the title we get into uh, trying to make the importance. But if we don't remember why those offices are there, we've missed the whole concept of what God's wanting to do for His body. That's right. It's for the perfecting of the saints. That's right. For the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, what I see with that, well, let me go ahead and read the other two verses or the next one. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean we're without sin, but we're maturing unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, if we're walking and operating in those gifts that are our callings, it's not about the title, it's about how we are equipping others. Yes. We are preparing them. We're edifying them. We're ministering to them in a way that they are maturing in Christ. We're gonna we're gonna take a break here in just a few minutes and try to get through this. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> the last verse there with that, or part of it, is uh, that we henceforth be no more children. So that's part of the growing up. Tossed to and fro, we're, we're not confused. We're, 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 we're sound with God's word. And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. Whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ. So all of these offices ought to be focusing us to a relationship with the headship, yes. which is Christ. Okay? It is to bring us into a spiritual maturity. It is to bring us into knowing the truth. Now, I grew up with a Baptist background, and uh, my mother went into the church of God, and I thought she had lost it. And so that's a long other testimony and story I won't go into. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying that our Pentecostal churches don't teach, but I wouldn't trade some of the teaching and soundness of scripture that I received. Yes. Because I had some dynamic pastors. I had some that I had a personal relationship with uh, when I was 14 years old, 15, and some of that, that really impacted my life. And them helping me and maturing me and helping me. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, and every one of you, I hope, I hope, I hope that you've got sound stuff that you read and you study. Yeah. Yes. But I want to say, if we're maturing, and even these these uh, gifts are in our lives, mm -hmm. I'm talking about being ministered to right. us, mm -hmm. that it's gave us the ability to pick up a, maybe even before you pick it up, mm -hmm. a discernment. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been reading something off something? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yes. A, check, a check light comes oh, on. Yes. Check light comes yeah, on. Yes. yes. That's when you put. That's when you put. Well, you, you start looking. Put you start. Flag yeah. Right. You, you know. Oh, yeah. Antenna goes up and you start. Okay. Where, where are they going with this? Uh -huh. And I'll give you an example. I've got a book at my house. I've not threw it away. I don't want to throw it away. And I'm, I'm still reading it. But the lady was Catholic. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in, in any wrong perspective. But it was on healing. On what? Healing. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you what, there's places in there she is smacking down on it. But there's been a couple things that have bothered me when she starts going into Catholicism and starts talking about Mary yeah. and yeah. some things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've had to I've had to discern to take the good what yeah. I see that's so sound. Throw away the bones. Throw away, yeah. yeah. Take the meat, throw yeah. away the bones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So there's where we've got to discern, are we ready for things we may not be ready. We may not be ready. I didn't send the 15-year-old across the street. And let me give you this. There was a man that, actually it was the man that I told you that came to me when I was 19 years old. No, 18 years old, fixing to graduate from high school. And asked me if I would take the church. He's the same man that could get up and testify. I still go to the bar. And I stopped because I wanted to see y'all's expression. He had been an alcoholic. God saved him, delivered him. And he could still go back to the bar and order a Coca-Cola. Some people crucify him for that because you're patronizing the place. You go back in there and have the opportunity to win some of his buddies. Yes, that's right. I believe in that. Not that I got an alcohol problem. 
I see what you're saying. But I can't go in the bar. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm in that's the not in my... the prisons. I mean, exactly. yeah, but for the grace of God, go I. That, that's, that's right. But my spiritual my spiritual mentality to some aspect, but you're yeah. right. Okay, we had a youth rally in Kernsville, North Carolina years ago. We're going down the street. We're passing out flyers. We're putting them up in businesses. And at the very corner, there's a bar. Mm-hmm. That's not my tendency to go in a bar. And I got a 15-year-old across the street putting out flyers. Do you think I'm going to send him over there? No. Mm-hmm. But I was determined I'm going to put a flyer up at that window of that bar. Mm-hmm. I walked in. And one man at the bar, so y'all going to get a kick out of this and we're going to break. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there and he's doing his thing, you know, drinking. Mm-hmm. And this this middle of Saturday afternoon. And nobody else in the bar except the bartender. And all of a sudden, I walk up and I look at the fellow that's running the place. I said, sir, and I told him who it was, what church. I said, would it be all right if we put this up in your window? And he looked at it and he said, yeah. I said, you know, I mentioned we have a youth rally. And by the time I turned to walk out the door, you know what that drunk on the floor? Harry, is that you? No. Oh, you know what he said? <laughs> he said, put up two of them. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he said, put up two of them. Put up two of them. I put one up. But, but I said all that to say this. We've got to, we've got to have a spirit of discernment about us. Mm-hmm. And to when those antennas come up, yeah. listen to the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. I've got a book in my library. I've used it two or three times. There's been a few times I've thought about throwing it away. It's not the Koran, but it's a commentary. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I keep it is because it has given me an opportunity to go. And when I see something that is of Islam, I can go and look mm-hmm. and get a reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've used it two or three times. Otherwise, how can you witness to them? Yeah, but everybody's not ready to use that. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's not ready to use that. Well, a lot of it looks like our Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. But thank God for these offices for because they are for the purpose mm-hmm. of edifying, building us up, preparing us, maturing us. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to stop.